Right, welcome to the Hank Haney Podcast. I'm recording today on nofilter.net. And you can also find the Hank Haney Podcast wherever you find your podcasts. iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. Spotify, wherever you find it. The podcast today is brought to you by HaneyUniversity.com. That is my website. And that is where you go to find out information about getting better at golf either by registering for my free instructional videos or by getting a golf lesson from me. And I am currently up in the Chicago area teaching in Highland Park at a great facility called The Golf Practice. You can find me there. All right, uh, today's topic is going to be a little bit of PGA Tour, a little bit of Live Golf, uh, kind of reviewing the Riviera Tournament. A lot of big storylines at Riviera. Uh, one of the best courses on tour. The players usually vote at number one or number two. Uh, I think Muirfield is right up there. And these are non-majors, but uh, Muirfield and Riviera, two, two best courses, two best tournaments that the players like. So you're going to get a good feel. It's a signature event, $20 million uh, purse. And you wonder, let me talk about these purse sizes a little bit. The PGA Tour increased the purse sizes of their signature events to $20 million. Now, I don't know where they're getting the money from uh, other than this SSG is putting in all this money. But I, I got to think that SSG, this uh, group of sports owners who are investing $1.5 billion into the tour, I think they want some return on their investment. So rather than just upping the purses, they probably want to have more people watching and have a business plan and a business model that makes sense. You would think that would be the, the, uh, the priority of that in investment. Uh, the, the fact of the matter is, is that the Riviera tournament, which had Tiger in it uh, the first day, the ratings were down uh, 51%. I, I read something on Twitter, the ratings were down 51%. That, that is not a good, that is not good. And, and I don't think it, it, it uh, is necessarily something that is that negative about the PGA Tour. I'm not saying this because it's negative about the PGA Tour. I think it's just golf in general right now, golf being so divided and the players are, are split up. And I think there's more people watching golf. If you count LIV, PGA Tour, there's more people watching golf probably than there's ever been. And, I, you know, the ratings are misleading. You, you got to take the online. A lot of people are streaming now. Uh, Live Golf is, is, you know, in a lot of different places that you can find it. You know, the, the corrupt golf media likes to rip Live Golf because their, their ratings are low on their that CW channel. Uh, but, but, but factor in everything. All we're, factor in every eyeball, no matter how it got on there. And I think that, that's, a, that's a true number. So, so I, I don't know about the ratings. I just know that golf is split up. There, there, there's, there's not enough great players to, to kind of uh, make it interesting for, for everybody. And this is why everybody's talking about how we got to get the, the best players playing together. But the players on the PGA Tour that are left on the PGA Tour, uh, and, and it's a pretty even split now. You can sugarcoat it all you want, and the corrupt golf media will. You can sugarcoat it all you want. But the fact of the matter is, is that the talent has been dispersed 
between Live and, and the and the PGA Tour. It, it it just has. So so you look at the fact that at the Riviera Tournament, Genesis Invitational, uh, they have a small cut, small field. Tiger's there. Uh, everybody wants to see Tiger play. He goes out the first round. He, he, you know, a lot of good reports. Uh, you know, hitting it good. Uh, and I'm looking at it. Okay, hit hit. Uh, I think he had eight fairways. That's eight out of fourteen. It's it's not bad when you hit it three hundred and something yards. Uh, yeah, I really count penalty shots and and how many times you drove it into real trouble where you couldn't get it on the green. I don't really count fairways hit. Not a meaningful statistic, but it, it is a little bit of an indicator. Uh, but but eight fairways, I hit ten greens. Ten greens is not good. Uh, once again, a misleading number because PGA Tour players are not trying to hit greens. They're trying to hit the ball close to the hole. Uh, but when you only hit 10 greens and Tiger through his career was one of the best ball strikers, best iron player, wasn't one of the best. He was the best iron player, the best ball striker. And uh, that's a that's a very low number. And it's a number that's consistent with what he's been doing when he has played. Of course, he hasn't played much, but when he's played in the last few years, but he didn't last long at Riviera, uh, got sick, had to withdraw after the after the uh, seventh hole or eighth hole of the second round. And that was it for him. Uh, Justin Thomas uh, misses the cut, uh, and Jordan Spieth uh, gets WD because he signed for an incorrect score. And the next thing you know, you got your really your three big names. I mean, I, I, I you put Scotty Scheffler in there because he's number one player in the world, but these are your three big big names, and they're all they're all gone. They're they're gone after after one or two rounds. So that's that's not a good, uh, and this is one of the reasons why the LIV formula with no cut is a is a good thing. It's a very good thing because fans want to see people that they know. There's people that want to see Jordan Speed play. There now he didn't get cut. He he didn't he got disqualified. But people want to see him play. They want to see Tiger Woods play when he plays. They want to see. Uh, you know, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, Tiger Woods, that, there, there's name recognition there. And, and you're talking about, you know, Hall of Fame players there. And I, and I, and I think that matters. You know, when I, when I look at, at, at players, you know, they think this guy's great, that guy's great, this guy. And, and one of the things, you know, my 10-year-old son, Henry, always says, you know, I'll say, this guy's a really good player. Maybe any sport we're talking about, I said, that guy's a great player. Henry goes, is he, is he a Hall of Fame? You know, he he's he he looks at those players like in a, in a special light, and I think I think everybody does. So so look at the Hall of Fame players that are on the PGA Tour that are left in that field on the PGA Tour. Okay, uh, who do you have? You have Justin Thomas. He's got 15 wins, two majors. He's a Hall of Fame player. Jordan Spieth, three majors. 13 wins. He's a Hall of Fame player. By the way, those two players who we know are, are very, very good players. Jordan Spieth, 13th in the world in a watered-down official world golf ranking. Let's go. It doesn't include any of the LIV players, so we know he's not really 13th in the world, but he's probably somewhere like 20th or something. He won in 2022. He won the Heritage, and he won the Texas Valero Open in 2021. He did not win in 2018, 2019, or 2020. 
Jordan Spieth's game is not, he's a big name player, but his game is nowhere near where it was when he was the best player in the world for that period of time when he was winning those, those three majors. Not, not even close. Justin Thomas is working on, his last win was the, the uh, 2022 PGA. So he's working on a year and a half or more without a win on the PGA Tour. And he's currently ranked 22nd in the world in a watered-down ranking. Uh, he's not the player that used to be. And, and, and here's the problem with, with Justin Thomas. Like, Justin Thomas, great player. But give me the list of players. Give me the list of players who have kind of lost their game and got it back. I want to see that list. Give me, give me the list of that of those players. And I'll tell you what that is. That is a very, very short list. I, I, there's players on that list. I, you know, I, and I'm having trouble finding them. You know, in my mind right now. But there's players on that list. And you could say Jordan Spieth lost his game and he got it back. And he did from where he went to and to, to be 13th in the world, he's gotten it back. But what's getting it back? Uh, two wins in, you know, in three years. You know, is, is that is that getting it back? Uh, will Justin Thomas get his game back? Here's one of the problems with Justin Thomas has is he's not he's never been a great putter. He's had good enough putting tournaments, but he's never been a great putter. 140th on the tour in putting right now. That You can't ball strike your way out of that. I mean, I, you know, people say, well, it's, ball striking is the most important thing. You've got to putt to win. You've got to win to be notable. And you got to win majors to be notable. And, and if you're 140th in putting, you are hoping you are hoping that your one or two good putting weeks a year happen at the right time. And if they do, you'll win those tournaments. And if they, if they happen at the real right time, you may win a big tournament. But the fact of the matter is, is, is that that is not, that's, that's not something you can count on. I mean, that is definitely not something you can count on. And Scotty Scheffler falls in that same boat. He was a player of the year last year on the PGA Tour. Another huge name on the PGA Tour that's left on the PGA Tour. Scotty Scheffler won two tournaments last year. First off, he wasn't the player of the year last year on the PGA Tour. Scotty Scheffler was not the player of the year last year. John Rahm was the player of the year. But because John Rahm had announced he was going to LIV, they didn't give him the player of the year. John Rahm earned the player of the year. Uh, you, you know, a, a major championship win and more wins trumps winning what what Scotty Scheffler did last year but the but they give it to Scotty Scheffler Scotty Scheffler is another one great player number one player in the world on the you know official world golf rankings which you know he'd probably still be number one even if all the LIV guys were in there but it's a, it's it's a close number one there's a lot of guys knocking on the door that could take it over him but you look, he's, he's a great ball striker, even though he falls all over the place when he's swinging. He's number one on, on the PJ Tour, strokes gained tee to green. But, but here's a problem. His putting, his putting, 162nd in putting last year. He's better this year. He's 128th. That's not going to dominate anything. I mean, that, that, that's a guy that unless he figures out his putting and – 
give me the list. Okay. Just like give me, give me the list of guys who have, who have come back from losing their game to getting it back. Give me that list. And then I want you to give me another list. Give me the list of guys that were bad putters, really bad putters, like 150th bad on the PGA tour. And all of a sudden they became top 20. Give me that list too. That's another list you're not going to find because it doesn't, doesn't exist. Can he get better? Sure. I'm sure he will. Uh, can he get a lot better? Uh, probably, probably not. Uh, what does history say? And history says you might have some good tournaments some good. Rory McIlroy is a good example. He's gotten better with his putting, but he's not, you know, he, he, he not, he's not going to fool anybody for being a great putter. There's no, no two ways about that. So, so here's your top players. The top players with top name recognition. And Patrick Cantley's one of them. Not, not a lot of personality there. Uh, not a lot of, you know, he, he's not going to move the needle. There's no doubt about that. Uh, sixth in the world, though, in the watered down world rankings. He hasn't won in a year and a half. He hasn't won since the Zurich. He won the Zurich and the BMW, the BMW playoff event in 2022. He hasn't won since then. These are the best players. These are the biggest, biggest names. These are the name recognition players. Hasn't won since the BMW in 2022. And in fact, Cantley had the lead at Riviera, ends up losing to Hideki Matsuyama. Hideki Matsuyama, another top player. They're going to, you know, tell you on the, on the, uh, you know, telecasts and the radio and everywhere else, you know, oh, when he's putting good, he's going to, you know, he's, 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 he's tough to beat. And that's true, but rarely does he put good. And that's the point. He didn't win in 2023, but he just won for the ninth time on the PGA tour. He picked great last round, shoot 62, great last round of Riviera, lowest round ever shot at Riviera to win on Sunday. He wins great, great round takes, takes down Cantley. Cantley had the lead. Uh, couldn't hold it. Canley was third at uh, or fourth going into to, uh, the Pebble Beach round of Pebble Beach, last round of Pebble Beach, finished 11th. Canley was was uh, shoot 75 at the Farmers Insurance. In the he's had a little trouble in the last rounds. He's tied for 10th at the American Express and finished shot 76. Ended up finishing 50. So he he's on a, a bad stretch in the in the final rounds. I don't know what that means. I, I like his game. I like his ball striking. But m the point I'm making here is the the talent that's left, the big names that are left on the PGA Tour. I don't know who else you throw in there. Xander Shoffley hadn't won since 2023. Okay. Uh, you know, is, is he, he won three times in 2023 or 2022, but he didn't won once in, in 2023. So, so who do you got? Colin Morikawa. He, he won once in 2000, he won the Zozo, Zozo tournament in 2023. No wins, 2022. Won in uh, the Open Championship in 2021, 104th and 114th in putting the last two years. These are your these are your stars, you know that. And then you got to you, you throw in you got Rory McIlroy, and Rory McIlroy, you know, I mean he he didn't show up there at at uh, you know Riviera. I mean he's he's so talented. 
He'll backdoor a, a, a half decent finish, but you got to get off to a start. And then that's a, that's a, that's a tough thing for him to do. So, so when I look at, at, at golf and where it is right now, and you think, how, how are they going to get this organized so that better players play together? They need to have a plan. I don't know what that plan needs, needs to be, but they need to have a plan because right now it's not working. And, and, and here's my, here's my thought. I, I don't, I don't know if they can, I don't know if they can come up with a plan. See, the, the, the thing is, is live golf forced the PGA tour to pay more money. And when you pay more money to the players, which they needed to do, they got the money, they, they found the money. They need to pay the players more money. In my opinion, underpaid, they pay the players more money. And here's what's going to happen. The players are going to play less. That's what they're going to do. The players are going to play less. You pay them more money, the players will play less. That's just a fact. You look at that. Look at the NBA. Did you watch that All-Star? I watched that All-Star game in the NBA. Two, they, the, the one team, I don't know which team won, East or West. They won... They scored 211 points, 211 to 186. They didn't even try. And and, and, and I, I listened to the radio, and they're talking about one of the players, you know, said that they're going to they're gonna make a rule that you got to play in at least 65 games to be eligible for a postseason award. They play 82 games. And then one of the players said, no, they should, they, they shouldn't, you shouldn't have to play in that many. You should only have to play in 58 games. The players want to play less. They want to be paid more. They want to play less. The same thing is going to happen in professional golf. It's already happened. It's already happened. That you pay these guys more and they are going to play less. So the answer that everybody has is we got to get the better players playing together to create more interest. The problem is the better players are split up between two tours and the better players are making more money. And I don't think they want to play more. Like there's all this talk about how these PGA tour players, they don't want to let the LIV guys back on the tour. <laughs> I don't think there's a lot of guys that want back on the tour. I, I think this is the point that they're missing. I don't think the LIV guys want back on the tour. Would they play a couple events that they like? Would John Rahm play a few events if they fit into his schedule when he wasn't busy on LIV that he likes? I'm sure he would. Would Patrick Reed play in some tournaments that he likes if they fit into his I'm sure he would. Dustin Johnson? I don't, I don't know if, I don't think he would, he might play one or two. Uh, Cameron Smith. I don't think he would, he might play in one or two. These guys are not like clamoring to go back on the PGA tour and play 10 or 15 events. They're just thinking maybe I'll play one or two. This is where I think these people are missing the boat. These, these, these PGA tour players, Oh, this guy, we're not gonna let them back. Uh, you know, they need to pay their fine. They need to be the, these guys aren't going to pay no fine. Uh, they, they, the only hammer they have on them 
is getting in major championships. And eventually, eventually, the majors are going to have to crack and they're going to have to refigure out how they let guys in terms because they want to have the best field. So that's going to happen sooner, sooner or later. And I don't think these LIV players want to play on the PGA Tour. And I don't think PGA Tour players want to play in 26 events. They played in tournaments when they had to play in tournaments to make a certain amount of money. You know, back in the day, Byron Nelson won like 11 straight tournaments. To win 11 straight tournaments, you got to play in 11 straight tournaments. Why did they play every week? Because those guys didn't make a lot of money playing golf. These guys today are making so much money, thanks to LIV, making even more money. Thanks to Tiger Woods, they're making a lot of money. Thanks to those two things, they're making so much money that they don't want to play in more tournaments. They want to play in less tournaments. They want to play in less tournaments because they're making all this money. Why do they want to go play? So I, I don't know what they're, you know, I don't know what the answer is, but you know, like I'm, I'm listening to the NBA and they're saying, oh, they gonna, they're gonna, maybe they should uh, have the winners at the All Star Game, you know, make a million dollars each for for the for the game. Those guys make how much a year? And they're going to go out there and they're going to bust it for, and, and they're not going to pay them a million dollars each. But but even if they did, I don't think it would matter. I I think they're making so much money that they want to play less and and increase their quality of life, more time with their family, more time for their body to recover, more free time. I think they've hit the threshold. And I think the PGA Tour with the top players and I think the LIV players have hit the threshold where they're like, like, you know what? We don't, we, we've got, this is enough money. This is enough money. And you know what? We don't want to play more. We just want to play the four majors, 14 LIV events, 18 tournaments a year. Like Cameron Smith said, that's 18 tournaments. I'll play two times at home. That's 20 tournaments. And I'm I'm good with that. I'm good with that. He don't want to play in the PGA Tour because he doesn't want to play more than 20 events. That's it. That's it. And, and that's a fact. People have to come to grips with that. So whatever plan they come up with, whatever plan they come up with has to be with that in mind, that the top players are not going to play more than 20 events a year. It's not going to happen. That is their max. They have hit the money threshold. They're right there. And they, they can't go back now, and they're not going to go back. So, no, these guys are not going to play more. So whatever is going to happen has to be built around that. It isn't going to be built around the fact that these few stars, and there isn't very many, there is not very many, but it, it can't be built around the fact that these few stars are going to play 25 or 30 weeks a year because that ship has sailed. That ship has sailed. The top players in professional golf are going to play 20 events a year going forward. And that is it. They're not going to play anymore. That, that'll be the average right there. Uh, some of them will, some will play 18. Uh, some will play 20. Some will play 22. Maybe a couple of them will play 23 or 24. I don't know. 
but you take the average that the top players are going to play and it's going to be somewhere around 20 21 something like that and that's all they're going to play so this dream that they have that everybody's going to get together and save it you know and save all these events there's too many events if the if, if the field is the answer if the field is the answer there's too many events. I don't know how they're going to fix it. If the, but I'm sure they're talking about it. It's their problem, not mine. But I, I can't wait to see what the solution is. But they need to do something. Because when the ratings are down 51% in the first day, and you got Tiger Woods playing that first day, that is a red flag. That is a really red flag. That is a major red flag. And, uh, and and that's something that that they are going to have. The whole world of golf, professional golf, needs to be restructured, and it it better start happening soon, because things are not headed in a in a in a good direction. And uh, the PJ Tour in particular, I mean, they're, you know, if that if if that Yasser guy decides that he's going to take one more player, one more player, one more player. You know, one more. Like if he convinces one more guy to go, one of those top guys, he just throws a bucket load of cash at one more guy. And I, they're at the PJ Tour is, I mean, I don't know how they overcome it. They got, they got to get together. And Rory has been floating this idea out there that the solution is, a worldwide tour with like X amount of events and everything's kind of feeding that. Well, I mean, that's kind of what the LIV is going to is. I think that's where it's headed. I I think, I think Rory for, you know, he does a lot of flip-flopping around, but I think Rory's kind of got it figured out eventually this thing is headed to be a worldwide tour and that's where the top players are going to play. And uh, that day's probably coming sooner uh, rather than later. All right. Hope everybody enjoyed the podcast. Uh, hit the follow button. If you're on the iHeartRadio app and make sure you watch all the great programming on nofilter.net. It's great to be with you and I will see you again soon. Hope everybody has a great day. Stay safe, stay healthy and appreciate you listening and watching the Hank Haney podcast.